Good morning. I hope it's a good morning for you. I was just reflecting as I was sitting here for a moment, wondering whether you feel like you've arrived yet. Interesting question, isn't it? I stay, I'm not sure which day it is, but I know we are in the heart of our retreat now. If you remember, I was speaking about how there, you know, the arc of the retreat has a beginning and a middle and an end, and each one of those phases has a different feel to it. And I think we've moved on from the beginning (laughs) of the retreat. Now we're more in the middle section, which we call the heart of the retreat, really the heart of the retreat. We've had enough time to put in some effort, gain some momentum in our practice, even though it may not feel that way. It's not unlike uncommon for us to evaluate our practice, to kind of get a sense of where we are, and uh, it's really encouraged um, uh, not to really believe too much what your mind's saying about where you are in your practice because we're using uh, criteria that we've made up <laughs> in, our, in our own mind and it may not really uh, be that useful in the long run. So we definitely discourage you from spending too much time in that evaluation and more just coming back to the simplicity of the practice of letting go, just letting go, being here in this moment as well as you can, which is really an uh, an expression of the faith or the, the trust, the confidence in the practice, that if I put in my time on the cushion, I do my sitting and my walking, I pay attention that there will likely be some fruits from this practice. And for those of us who have been doing this for a while, we certainly know that's true. Which is why we're sitting here and offering these teachings because of the preciousness and the value of what it is that we're doing here. So one of the ways we might talk about what we're doing here is that we're opening to new ways of knowing our experience. We're, we're perhaps we're shifting our lens of perception so that maybe we'll see things in a little bit of a different way rather than in such a solid or fixed view of things, our ideas of things, our, our views and opinions about the way we think things are and starting to question that, starting to allow that to break up a little bit more. So, so perhaps we might see something or learn something that we haven't seen before. With, we're seeing with fresh eyes. Like, I like to call that dharma eyes. Dharma eyes that we're seeing through the lens of some more clarity about the way things actually are. 
that things are not so solid. They're not so personal. Right? And we can let go of those habits of mind that give rise to pain and suffering. There is a way out. Aldous Huxley said that we're cleansing the doors of perception back in the 60s, right? Cleansing the doors of our perception. It's really, it's like a polishing of a a mirror. I, I... Remember one three-month retreat where I had the yogi job of the bathrooms and um, every day going in and cleaning the mirror. <laughs> and then just that lovely sense of, of cleaning it in a way that there's a more clear reflection, that I could see things more clearly as I cleaned that mirror. And it, and it really kept reflecting back to me what I was doing in my practice kind of polishing, cleaning of my own mind. So we have a very systematic practice that we're doing here, according to these, these the Satipatthana, one of the, the teachings of the Buddha, the, what's called the four frames of reference or the four foundations of mindfulness, of where we actually and how we actually direct our attention. We begin with the body, this breathing, living body. It's where the Buddha, Buddha begins. So that we, we actually arrive more fully in our embodiment so we can be here to start to see that which is more subtle. <clears throat> As our perception starts to clear, we start to see the more subtle aspects of this reality that we are. That we are. So the grounding, sensing, feeling, starting to feel more fully the sensations in the body. Know that there is a body. (laughs) Knowing the body as a body, the nature of this body, this earth body, this elemental body of Earth, air, fire, water. Start to feel more of that fluidity of the body rather than this solid thing (laughs) that we feel like sometimes we have to deal with and manage. But that there's really this sort of living nature of this elemental expression of life through this body. And so we ground, ground through the body, arriving here, being more fully here in the present moment. That's the first establishment, locating ourselves, because until we're really here, we don't have access to that, the mindfulness, the mindful way of being uh, attentive to what's actually here because we're not fully here. So how can we be in contact with what's here until we really get here? So we get here and then we can start to see, oh yeah, this is, this is what this experience is about. 
Joseph Goldstein, when my, he was my first teacher, who did a lot of practice with here and also in California. But he would talk about awareness as a binary system, meaning you're either on or you're off. You're either here or you're not here. There's really no in-between. You're not sort of here or kind of here. You're either here and you know that you're kind of here or you're not here. You're off somewhere. Often our dreamscapes, our world of imagination, fantasies and ideas and memories, plans... Some, most of the time, a lot of times, we don't even know that that's happening. We're just, there's just a moment where we wake up and, oh, yeah, I wasn't fully here. And so those moments when we wake up are the moments that are our most celebrated moments, our best moments, because then we can do the practice. So we start to get a sense of this, am I, am I aware Am I aware? It's a, it's a helpful prompt for our practice. Just kind of getting a feel more and more of the quality of, of that experience of awareness itself, of being here, besides the content. <clears throat> Does it matter what's actually happening at a certain level? What matters? Am I here for it? Am I aware? Do I know? Do I know where I am? Do I know what's happening? And so part of the practice is we start to get more of a feel for that experience of awareness. Because usually we get so caught up in the thing or the particular of what's happening, which is also important to know, But sometimes we forget that sometimes we can just rest into the quality of awareness itself. I'm here, that sense of here-ness, that location. And then the, the filling out, and the expansiveness of that, it's, that isn't contained, it's not in a box, it's not uh, uh, bounded. We start to get a feel for that quality itself of awareness as a spacious kind of open full almost a full fullness almost substantial quality to it maybe as i'm speaking about it you might get a feel for it and in that in that there is this knowing That's one of the characteristics of awareness is that this this knowing, not an intellectual knowing, but through contact, through the immediacy, through the intimacy of what is, I know it. I know that I'm seeing, I know I'm hearing, I know I'm tasting the food, tasting. I know I'm smelling. Yesterday, a, a branch... Last night, when I was driving back to Gaston Pond, there was a big branch that just fell across the, the road of our right before we go to the cottages. Couldn't, had to get out of the car and move the branch. I couldn't go forward. It was big. I was like, wow, somebody was walking. 
and that branch fell. I mean, that would be serious. <clears throat> but I realized after I moved the branch aside, it was an evergreen, and I then was getting in the car, my glove smelled of this very intense, resinous, evergreen smell. It's like, wow. You know, and, and it was wonderful, you know, and just taking a moment and just... I got in the car and I sat for a moment, smelled my glove. <laughs> you know, it was so lovely. Wow. Just something I don't, it was new, it was a new experience. And then, you know, then driving on, it was just knowing of that, this, this tasting and smelling and hearing and feeling the sensations in the body. This is the, the life, this is, the, this is life through the, through the five senses. There's no life without the five senses. Life in terms of connecting with the world as it is. And then there are thoughts about it. So there's the body, the sensual body, and then the mind comments on that, (laughs) makes up stories about it. Not that's not wrong. I mean, it's not bad. It's not even anything that we can stop. I think we all kind of know that by now. It's just the mind doing what minds do. If we've learned language, learned some kind of language, then we can start to make up stories, meaning. But how it is that we're perceiving and understanding our reality, and that's what we do as human beings. It's very rich, it's very alive. But yet what can often happen is that we don't realize that we're just living in our minds, and we're living in the stories, we're living in those storylines, and we're forgetting that there's actually more to our experience through the sensual body this living body which really connects us to, to our, our living experience. The word consciousness, this, we have the mind, we have the body, we have consciousness, awareness. And this word consciousness comes from the Latin consure. It's so lovely to look these words up sometimes because what that means is is to be aware with. To be aware with. It really points to this relational way of being. We're in relationship with the objects of the sight, the objects of the sound, the objects of the body, the objects of the, of the emotions, all of that. We're in, we come into relationship with that through our consciousness. And then this beautiful quality of of interest and curiosity that arises with the awareness, this childlike interest that I want to know. It's a a natural, it's inherent in us that we want to know, we want to understand, we want to learn. It's a beautiful quality of a human being. It starts when we're just little tiny infants, (laughs) getting to know our world, our reality. But we see how easy it is to get pulled out into our thinking, into our minds, 
into the stories, they can become very seductive. We get seduced, we get pulled into those storylines, mostly because it's a story about me. I get to be the central character. And it's all about me, and I'm right there. So, so we want, so we want to, we start to, when we come into our practice, we start to get a sense of this seduction, the pull, the force that pulls us into these storylines and, and takes us away from the immediacy of our experience, <clears throat> takes us away from the body, and it takes away from our emotional life. this feeling life, this also this very rich area of our human existence where we are touched, where we are moved, we feel things. We feel them in the heart, we feel them in the gut. And oftentimes this is what we don't want. <laughs> we don't want to go there because it can feel like a slippery slope so we've developed many kinds of strategies, tra- strategies to avoid having to feel or feel go into the emotions, which means we kind of cut off from the body and then we stay more in the thinking, in our imaginary worlds. It somehow feels safer in a funny kind of paradoxical way. Right? So we're invited, we're invited to come back And we can be very hesitant, cautious. I don't know if I really want to come back. I don't know if I really want to be here. But yet at the same time, you wouldn't be here unless you had some sense of willingness to find out what's really going on. And so we start to investigate this world of the the mind in relationship to the emotional body because the mind and the emotions are directly connected. That what I'm thinking will produce some kind of feeling and what I'm feeling usually has some kind of thought. And we start to get a sense of this interconnected nature. That if I'm thinking about my mother, depending on the circumstances of my mother, I'm really remembering some things that were very difficult and I start to remember that and then I start to feel this kind of contraction and maybe some anger and some irritation and and, um, kind of mad. And then I start to, the more that I dwell on that story and the more I think about it, my emotions may start to get even more tighter. My belly may contract, my hands might get tight, I might get some watery eyes, my throat contracts. The whole body starts to have an impact from that thinking about that story. And in a way, it's like putting, the more I continue thinking about that story, it's like putting wood on a fire. I'm actually putting wood on a fire, and that fire is going to burn stronger and stronger and hotter and hotter. And then, as Catherine says, we'll get into the spin. And it's not just the mind, but it's also the body, the whole being. The complex of our experience is engaged in this. So what we learn is how can we 
take the wood off the fire, rather than putting wood on the fire, can we start removing the habit, really? We can't take the wood off the fire, but we can stop the habit of putting the wood on the fire, which is dwelling in our thoughts, perpetuating more thinking about the past or the future. The word in the Pali or Sanskrit, sometimes there's the same, is papancha. Papancha, it's a wonderful word. And one of the definitions I like is this, it means it's spreading out. (laughs) The, The thoughts, the mind, the story spreads out. It's a proliferation of thought. One thought follows the next. It's like hopping on a train and going to a particular destination. And sometimes it's like, yeah, I want to go there. You know, it's a, mine often was a tropical island. You know, yeah, that's better than being here. But then what happens sometimes is that train, it's going along, and all of a sudden we're on a train that something starts to shift and it's not so pleasant anymore. And it, we sort of, well, how did I get here? Some other kind of association j- jumps in. It's like, yeah, but when the last time, when I really fantasized about tropical islands, I actually got dengue fever, and I almost died. And then I'm remembering all of the pain and the suffering of when I was on this tropical island in Thailand, and I was almost dying. It's like, I don't want to go there. So, so we don't always know where the train's going to take us. It might feel like a good thing, but all of a sudden it's like, oh, I don't want to be here. So we have to know how to get off the train. We have to know we're on a train and know how to get off the train. And, and hopefully when we're doing our meditation practice, maybe not even getting on the train. <laughs> Let's see what happens when we say, no, I'm not going to go on the train. A thought. I'm not going to go into that story. I want to see what happens when I let go. And to feel and sense and cultivate a quality of being able to be with more of the subtlety of my experience. Maybe going into an experience that I don't know about. Something fresh. Something surprising. Because I know about that. How many times have I thought about that? How many times do I need to think about that? How many times do I need to plan for the future that isn't even, we don't even know if it's going to turn out that way? So starting to find some way to extract ourselves, to detach ourselves, to disengage from the habit of story-making. This is really um, radical. It's radical. That there may be a way to experience without thinking. In this practice, we call it bare attention. This practice of bare attention, meaning almost like a, the experience before the thought. So when I I use the ice on the trees again, it's like just the pure seeing before the thought arises about what I'm seeing. Just the seeing. There may be little thoughts of concepts of light, 
sparkling, liking, beauty. But before the story takes form, oh yeah, I've got to get a photograph of this and send it to all these friends because they've never seen anything like this and they'll really be so happy when they see these photos and they'll really know what I'm doing here and how it is. We call that the overlay. It's overlaying our whole meaning, a story on top of it. So, So more and more getting the sense of this bare attention, seeing, hearing, just a sound, sensation, just aching or itching, or even just a, a feeling, emotion. It's like, what is the emotion? It's oh, tightness in the belly, shortness of breath, aching in my heart. Maybe before we make, go into the story about it. There is, there is a story We don't necessarily need to spend too much time on that right now. Sometimes, though, the stories do make themselves more known. And then as we're thinking about that, it's important to then say, but what am I feeling? What's the emotional tone? What's the emotional quality here? So that we continue to follow this connection So we're not just caught up in the thoughts. We're not just caught up in the emotional churnings. But what's happening? So we can have more and more self-understanding, feeling, sensing, curious, interested. I love the, the line that learned from one of our teachers, Manindraji, who said, the thought of your mother is not your mother. It's just a thought. It's not your mother. So can we see the bear with bare attention? Just a thought. Just an image. It's a sensation, feeling, sight, sound, taste, touch, smell. Changing moment to moment, shifting, flowing. And that we know this, we feel this, we sense this. And as we do that, having some sense of what, what happens that we lose awareness when it falls apart, when it breaks up, when we're not here anymore, what happened? Right? When you come back, when you're aware again, what happened? I lost awareness. And then coming back, grounding again. But where did I go? I was in my thoughts of the past. I got caught up in that memory. I was really in this emotional charge. It's okay. Just the knowing of that and letting it go. So more and more we have some sense of that. Just prompting. Am I aware? Am I here? What's happening? It'd be helpful to begin to know if what I'm thinking 
thoughts of the past, oh, past thinking, or, oh, future thinking, or commenting present on the present, analyzing, just so we, there's some very just light knowing of the patterns, the tendencies of mind, oh, going to the past, remembering, or planning, just a light note, sometimes just a little light note in the mind that helps bring a little bit more awareness, commenting, analyzing. Same thing with the emotions, or just some sorrow, some grief, sadness, happiness, excitement, joy, just that bare attention before it builds into a story about me, what it means about me and who I am. So we'll practice just for a little bit this morning. So coming into your posture, Grounding, locating, arriving this moment. Am I aware? Am I here? Here for this experience, just this moment. Doesn't matter what happened the last moment. Let it go. Don't have to understand. Just come back. See what arises in this moment. Grounding, perhaps through the breathing. Breathing in, breathing out, feeling, sensing the movement of the chest, of the abdomen, the shoulders, this living, breathing body. Having some quality of the Vedana, the pleasant or the unpleasant or somewhere in between. Just a light knowing. What am I aware of? Seeing or hearing, tasting, feeling, touching, thinking. Images. Just the knowing. Bare awareness. 
anchoring the attention with the mindfulness. Notice the kind of attention that you're bringing to your experience. Is there a quality of grasping or holding? Something that you like? Is there a rejecting in the mind of something that you don't like? Is there a falling into indifference or boredom when it seems like there's not much happening at all, which has this quality of aversion in it, not liking? Seeing if we can notice these things without adding more judgment. And if we do, just noticing that, more grasping in the mind. Letting go, disengaging, coming back to the simplicity of just this moment.
as I mentioned in the beginning of my reflections this morning, that we are in the heart of the retreat. And it's really such a wonderful opportunity that we often don't have in our lives. It takes a lot to carve out this time and this space and have other all of our senses of responsibilities and our other commitments handled and our relationships and people we're caring for and all that. We really have to put all that in order to give ourselves this time and this space. And this is a, a, a good length of a retreat. Often I teach five-day retreats or even seven-day retreats, but this being a nine-day retreat means we really can fall more deeply into the subtleties of our practice here. And so those first few days, it does take a little uh, effort to get the, the engine going you know, before it starts to kind of be a little bit more automatic. And so at this phase of the retreat, we can, we can rest a little more in the momentum of what we've already developed those first few days, <clears throat> even though, as I said, it may not feel like you've got a momentum going. My sense is you probably do. So that's why I'm encouraging you to be careful of any evaluation that might happen here. So what can be helpful at this point of the retreat as a way to sort of this something that was suggested to me early on is to maybe think of the day, because a day can seem like it's a very long day, like I've got to be mindful all day long, right? So, <laughs> so think of maybe break the day up into four parts, So you have the wake up till breakfast, breakfast to lunch, lunch till dinner, and then dinner till sleep, turning the lights out, lying down. And if you think about those four sections, then maybe think about giving the fullness of your practice to one of those sections. Like, okay, from uh, after breakfast to lunch, I'm really going to have a strong intention to do my sitting and my walking and pay attention to the transitions and really be here for my experience. And it kind of can help to just not make, have it feel like it's such a big thing to have to do all day long. Not that those other sections you would just, you know, not do your practice. But it's more just that this, I'm really going to give the care and attention for this period of time because our energy is different at different times of the day. Sometimes the energy later in the day might be very dull or hard for people, but the mornings are very energized or it might be the opposite. So just as a consideration to, um, as a way to strengthen that intention uh, for your practice, it's been very helpful for me. Uh, also, just a couple of very uh, quick logistical things. Um, the guided meditation at 2.15 today will be a, a forgiveness and compassion meditation. Some more of the heart practices will be developed there. Also, in terms of the individual meetings that we are offering um, we will make every intention to have those lists put up right before we come in at 8 o'clock, around 8 o'clock in the morning, before this session in the morning, so you'll have a sense of when that's going up. Um, if uh, you have a group that day and you can bring what's happening for you to the group, that would be preferable rather than having a sign-up for an individual um, at the same, on the same day. So if that works for you, fine, but sometimes I know that people have something that's more urgent 
And so that's fine then to sign up for an individual if you, if you have a group that day as well. But let's, I'd like to in, encourage giving the group uh, the priority there if you have an interview already in the group. And just before we go this morning, I just wanted to offer one more um, uh, tool for our practice to put in our toolbox. I, I think about this, all these things that we're learning is kind of like building up my toolbox so I can pull out different tools at different times depending on what's needed. And I want to uh, teach this practice, just take a, a few minutes to just teach a practice um, that I learned. Uh, it's a Burmese practice called Rotating the Senses. And it's a practice you can do when you're sitting or when you're standing. or uh, It's either sitting or standing, so it's more of a still, when you're in a still posture. So, so what it is, is, and we'll do it just for a, 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 rotation, a couple rotations, is um, we begin with seeing. And we just come into a posture of seeing. So there's a recognition, there's a knowing that seeing is happening. And I'm just softening my gaze so that the sight's just coming in. I'm not reaching out to the sights. I'm not trying to figure out what it is that I'm seeing. It's the bare experience of seeing. So I'm just like seeing, seeing. And then shifting to this hearing. It could just be a, a moment or two of seeing. We can, we'll try it out. And then shifting to the hearing. And letting the attention fully land in the hearing. Perfect timing. I orchestrated that. <laughs> Just bare hearing. We don't need to make anything out of it. Just that bare experience. And then the next shift, the next rotation is into the Vedana, the feeling tone of the experience in the body. What's, what's my experience like in this moment? It's pleasant, unpleasant, somewhere in between. The whole sense of the experience. It's a very light touch. And then the last rotation is the posture, just feeling the whole body, the sense of the body here whether you're standing or you're sitting. And then rotating back to the seeing, the hearing, the feeling tone, pleasant, unpleasant, and posture. So let's just do a couple of those rotations. Starting with the seeing, letting it really, let your attention really land with the seeing itself, but a soft gaze. This recognition, seeing is happening. Then rotating the hearing, landing with the hearing. If you have the, whatever it is, the capacity you have to hear, what is it that you're hearing? How is it that you're hearing? shift to the feeling tone of the experience, pleasant, unpleasant, somewhere in between. Feeling that, again, letting the attention land in the experience. 
then sensing the posture, the body. Back to the seeing. Hearing. Feeling. Posture. And you can do that as quickly as you want, you know, how to letting the so the attention actually is landing, or you can spread it out, fill out the experience, let it go slow, more slowly with it. And I love to do it, I love to do it outside when I'm standing. It's like one of my favorite things, it's just a as a way of taking in more of the fullness of the experience there. So just one more offering for you. This then also breaks up that sense of solidity, of attention, so you're, it's more open, more flowing, more full. So maybe that might be something that you would enjoy. So it's just time now for our uh, groups and our walking practice. So please enjoy your day today. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.